0: Hey there, my name is Michael Martinez, and you are listening to The Twenties Podcast. Welcome back to The Twenties Podcast, everyone. I am here, live and in person, with the Addison Gomez And I'm excited to have him here to talk about some experiences that he had right before his 20s and during his early 20s that have shaped his perspective on certain things. And so, Addison, before we kind of jump into the story that you want to share on this episode, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Who is Addison Gomez? What does he like? What is he like? What does he not like? What is his favorite color? Some fun facts. I mean, go wild with it. Well, let's go.
1: Well, like you said, I'm Addison Gomez. Uh, I am the second oldest of four boys. I have great brothers. Uh, One of them has a wife, Blair. She's awesome. They've been on this podcast before. And they have a great son. His name is Colin. So cute. He's the best ever. He's walking now, which is crazy. (laughs) And he's starting to say a few words here and there that my mom has been teaching him Just, I want more food and stuff like that. He just babbles, but it's awesome. It's really cool being an uncle, right? It's the best thing ever. Like, (laughs) I have no responsibility, but all the fun. Yes. In in a good way.
0: And on top of it being super cool, it's kind of interesting, cool, weird, all of the All of them in the same... But I mean, watching your brother be a parent. Yeah. That's That's... pretty weird, right?
1: Well, (laughs) because two years before, well, maybe, I think it's more... I think, yeah, two years before he's living in my house and we're like fighting his brothers. And then now fast forward two years later, we're just like, we're cool. And like, he's a dad. And now as someone that I've always looked up to him because he's my older brother and he's amazing. But now it's someone I can really look up to and ask for for advice and whatever goes on. So it's it's different though. It's really
0: different to watch them step into that fatherhood or motherhood role.
1: Like something I really quick, something I saw about. Alexis that even I picked up just from him. They would come to the house after church on Sundays to whatever we hang out, but Colin would normally take his nap. So I saw one time Alexis has Colin on his chest and it was the best thing ever. We were watching a movie and they had fallen asleep. Of course, Colin started to cry when he was younger and Alexis instantly woke up and starts patting him on the back (laughs) and stayed asleep. And Colin went right back to sleep. So one time that same thing happened to me. Colin was sleeping on my chest and I was asleep. Colin wakes up, starts crying, and instantly, it was just like, so it's really cool how it's almost instincts. Yeah. It's really, really cool. It
0: is really cool. But back to you, some more Mm -hmm. things about yourself.
1: So, (laughs) I am 21. I was born in the year 1999, September 8th, if you ever want to send me a birthday present. It's been a great childhood growing up in a big family. Came from not the brightest days, and now we're very blessed. God has done a great number of things in our lives, and I would owe it all to us blessing the church and being a part of our church, which is Metro Life. But yeah, I'm an avid outdoors person, I would say. I like being outside at all times, just because inside gets boring. I do like video games here and there, but it's not my main, my main focus, you know?
0: Yeah, me too. I like the outdoors too yeah okay
1: (laughs) well we do play soccer which which like a little bit a little bit but nearly as much as yeah but i like like
0: the basic things
1: well even me i can there's more there's people that do more outdoor stuff than me hiking and hiking well we so back to me our family loves outdoors as well so it's not just me we like to go on our christmas breaks to georgia and all these places go hiking find beautiful trails and stuff so that's really nice i work really hard I love doing what I do at the church. I run operations there, so that's great. I get to be with people I grew up with my entire life. So, it's been it's been a a great life so far, but there has been a few bumps in the road and I think we'll get to those later today. Very
0: cool. Well, thank you so much for introducing yourself and I'm excited to see where this conversation Takes us, and we're coming off of May, Mental Health Awareness Month. And so some of our conversation is still going to be guided towards mental health because obviously, May is not the only time that we're going to talk about mental health. That would be ludicrous considering that's one of the main things that we need to address as young adults. As young adults, yeah. But in terms of dancing around that subject a little bit, we were talking before we started recording. And you have a unique story of something that you went through before you turned 20, but it impacted you into your 20s. And so I think I could positively say I don't want to speak for you, but tell me if I'm wrong. This incident that you went through and this thing you had to grapple with, it has changed who you are even today. Dead wrong. No, no. Yeah. It
1: definitely has changed me. Like still to this day, I'm learning things new about myself that I may have done prior or I didn't do prior that I do now or don't do now. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride just learning how to literally walk again and learning how to take care of myself physically, mentally, and well, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually.
0: Absolutely. So let's dive right in. What happened to you a few years ago that kind of rocked your world and shaked your perspective up on a few things?
1: So it was a Tuesday. We were playing soccer. I got the ball passed to me. It was sort of a through pass, so it got passed in front of me, and I had to turn and chase it, basically. I had to chase it, so I turn as I'm turning, I plant my right foot as a pivot, and I turn clockwise and instead of ripping through the turf that was there my cleat stayed mm. and i just heard a, like six pops mm. and audible it was like a baseball hitting a bat it was just pop, pop 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 it was a couple pops and i was like that didn't feel right i thought my cleat broke i thought my it was older cleats i thought the plastic on the bottom snapped I was like oh whatever like i can still play so much adrenaline's running through you that oh right when that happened i fell so I went to get up, I was like, oh, whatever, my cleat snapped and whatever. So I go to stand, my, I plant my right foot again, and I don't feel anything, but I heard some crunches and I fell again. And I was like, oh, this is, might not be my cleat, but it might just still be rubbing. Mm-hmm. I tried getting up again, and as I put my right foot down from being on, on, my, on my butt, basically, I put my right foot down and there was some crunches before I stood up and I was like, yeah, let me not. So I scooted off to the side. And the first thing I can think of is my uncle. I always have to thank him because whenever I got hurt, I normally call him as a doctor and he's just like, do this, do that really quick. So the first thing I think of whenever you get hurt is don't take off the pressure, keep pressure. So like if you have a wound on your arm, put pressure on it or whatever. So I'm thinking, tighten my cleat as as hard as I can. So I checked the bottom really quick. It's not snapped. So I'm like, well, this is probably not, not good. I said, hey, I think I broke my foot because I'm still not feeling it at this point. And he goes, well, take off your shoe. And I said, well, I don't know if I want to do that yet, but I ended up taking off my shoe a few minutes later and my my toes are kind of hanging. So I was like, Ugh. and then he was like, try to move them. I tried moving them, couldn't move them. I just figured put my shoe back on, tighten really tight. When I pulled those strings, all the pain came instantly. It was a it was a flow of a ten out of ten pain. I don't care what anybody says. It hurt worse than any woman given in labor. Like, I don't care.
0: Whoa. whoa. Those are are fighting. fighting Those are fighting words. Well, so I had my (laughs) appendix
1: removed. So that's like number three on the list. So I kind of,
0: those are fighting words. I do not agree with these sentiments. Okay. Okay.
1: Probably like, like top five worst pains in in people. It was was the worst pain I've ever experienced. No need to compare. It was bad. No need to compare. It's the worst pain I've ever experienced. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I call my dad (laughs) Eight times, no answer. I call my mom another few times, no answer. I call my little brother, Eric, who just got his phone. I said, hey, uh, I think I got hurt. Can you give the phone to mom and dad? And he goes, after this game of Fortnite. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> now. Get uh, my, the, my dad gets the phone. What happened? Are you hurt? And I was like, yeah, I'm hurt. I'm at Kendall Soccer Park. Send me your location. Gets there. We go to urgent care and they say, oh, you sprayed your ankle, but see a specialist. It's like, okay. Next day. Uh, I'm sorry, next day we didn't do anything, I just rested. Thursday, I go see a specialist and we take x-rays, we do this and that, and he goes, well, good thing is you don't have any bones broken, but you tore the ligament that holds all your toes together and basically on your foot. Mm. So the only thing holding your toes in place is your skin and some muscles. So that was that was a shock. Um, he starts explaining the options of whether I can do it naturally or I can have surgery. One surgery was the initial plan. And I said, I looked at my mom and I said, what would be the faster option? So he told us, well, natural, would can take two to five years to completely recover. They won't go back, but you'll learn, your body will learn to live without them. Or you can have surgery, put some screws That will stay in there. So I was... I immediately went to surgery because he said that was only going to take a year and a half. So I was like, you know what? It's fine. Learning how to walk again. Learning how to run again. Balance. I've always been someone that I can say I had pretty good balance. (laughs) Skimboarding. I like to do all that stuff. Paddleboarding. It's just like I'm outdoorsy. So we end up deciding in the office that we're going to go with the surgery. The next week is camp for our church. And I'm... I think it was my last. No, it was my first year as a, as a, as a,
0: a leader, a young leader. adult. Yeah. yeah, you're not a student anymore.
1: Well, that idea went out the drain because I just went and I helped here and there, but it, I it wasn't really useful. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. But they gave me a scooter. That's another story for another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to camp in the bus, fourteen hours, whatever it was. That was the worst experience of my life. But the next week on Tuesday, so two weeks from when it happened. I had my surgery scheduled. So during camp I kept praying, God give me a miracle. God give me a miracle. God give me a miracle. And I never got I never got the miracle that I was praying for. But little did I know that God was working something bigger. So I have my surgery to give you medication and that medication didn't do too well for me. It would make me feel not nauseous and not myself. So I learned that taking that wasn't good for me, for my mental, also my physical, because it wouldn't make me feel good, but my mental would get in a darker place than I Mm. ever had been before. I'd never struggled with any depression or even anxiety until probably two weeks after my, my surgery. You're only supposed to take the medicine for four days, so... I kept taking it. My body became dependent and I stayed in a darker place. I can't walk. I need help to get to the bathroom. So I'm, I, um, yeah, I, I got in a really dark place and a place that I never wanted to go again once I thought I got out of it. And I did for a bit. I started walking. I was going to therapy three times a week for an hour and a half, which is a lot. I would say the therapy can compare in. In pain levels to the actual accident mm. surgery I was asleep yeah so physical it, therapy is very challenging therapy was hard and for your brain it's hard yeah. because you know how to walk right but what if one day you can't walk anymore and then you have to relearn something that you've been doing since you were I was nine months when I started walking mm. so 18 years at this point I've been doing this thing and I can't do it anymore my brain can but my foot can't my my body can't. So it was a very different mindset that I had to put myself in as um, I need to learn. And I'm stubborn and I am I can be prideful at times. So that was hard. It took me a couple weeks until my mom and I had a conversation on the way to therapy of just become the student. You don't know everything. And that was something that changed me for, for a long time. Mm. My mom and I are very close. I love her very much. Shout out, mom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... I start walking again, I think we're in November, and I go for a checkup and they say, hey, one of the screws is, we need to take them out. Just basically, we need to take them out. And I was like, oh, okay. So we go in for a second surgery in December, beginning of December, and the same thing happens. I fall into the same thing with the prescription medications, Mm -hmm. and it just didn't put me in a right spot. And that's where I go back to the miracle that I was praying for. I was asking God for a miracle of, let me not have surgery. But the surgeries really taught me something that I still use to this day, which is patience throughout that period. And I needed to learn that. God really said, stop, slow down and listen, be patient, work on things. And it took two surgeries and a lot of money and some bad moments that turn into such great lessons so that's the basis of the story yeah my miracle was that god kept me here on on this earth twice
0: yeah well let's talk about it let's really dig into this a little bit more first i want to thank you for sharing your unique story because everyone's got their own story for some it's a foot accident and surgeries and a long recovery road and prescription pills and mental health battles for some it's a divorce of their parents yeah. for others it's a loss of a job for some it's getting rejected from their dream college everyone's got something that they go through young and because they went through it young it develops a certain type of character in them so first want to thank you for sharing but also commend you for being able to look back at that incident And kind of extract the meaning behind it and how you grew from it. Because that's such an important thing. I think we take it for granted. Because so many times in our lives when bad things happen, myself included, uh, we get angry. Angry at God. Angry at Anybody, angry at ourselves, angry at the universe, whatever you want to point your finger to, we are the masters at pointing the finger at everyone. And this wasn't an incident that you could have done anything differently. It was just a a freak freak accident. accident. Mm -hmm. But freak accidents happen and we have to learn how to grow from even the freak accidents. Mm -hmm. Don't go so fast past what you really were able to do. And what I mean by that is give yourself some credit, yeah. not just for getting through it, but for being able to sit down and look back at it. Because if we can all get better at looking back at the dark moments of our lives and extracting those lessons, those incredible, really character building moments for us and to us. We will be better people and we'll be better into our 20s and into our 30s. I think part of your 20s needs to be constantly looking back at some of the freak accidents, some of the bad decisions you made, Mm -hmm. some of the decisions that were made on your behalf that you are not Mm -hmm. too happy about. Looking back, finding out what the meaning behind them was and growing forward from them. So that's kind of what I want to gear the conversation towards as we continue to unpack this story as you look back, you mentioned that you were praying for something specific, right? You were mm-hmm. praying for something I praying specific. For a miracle. Yeah. And what you got wasn't what you had expected, wasn't what you had prayed for. But what you're saying right here is what you got... It's 10 times better. Exactly. So can you kind of elaborate? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah.
1: I think I prayed for a miracle of heal my foot now and... God, we we know this. We grew up in church, but God answers in yes, no, and wait. And I got the wait, and that was hard for me because I'm a person that's go, 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 and I got I literally got uh, clotheslined, straight to the foot, and <laughs> and stop. I had to get stopped. So my go, go, go mentality had to turn into in a little, and a little, and a little. I learned. So many things from not receiving my miracle now. I learned how to be patient with myself, with my family, with my friends. I learned who were the people who really cared about me. I think it might have been a different year, but you guys came over for my birthday. Mm -hmm. I think it was that year. I think it was that year. Nobody had seen me all day for my birthday. I'm in crutches. I can't walk. I finally was able to come downstairs from my room. We were in a connect group at Michael's house and Michael, the entire day they planned it of, oh, like no connect group tonight, no connect group tonight. And they all showed up at my house. So I learned who really cared about me. I learned that I can depend on certain people for keeping my mental at a, in, in a healthy place. I remember something that my mom gave me the day after I got back from my first surgery. It's a little wooden frame that said, you might not know what's going to happen tomorrow, but it'll be a better day than today. Mm. So that was something that it's something along those lines. Yeah. Don't quote me, but <laughs> that's something that's like stuck with me ever since it's in my room. I went through such a bad time to get to to get to such a good spot. My work ethic changed. Cause I, I missed working, which I thought you missed thought being I'd, on your feet. I never thought I'd say I miss working, but to this day I work so hard because I was in a spot that I couldn't work. Not that I quit my job or whatever. I could not work and it was hard because of that go, go, go mentality. So I definitely learned so much more from a being put on your butt and God saying, stop in your tracks. I learned so much more than just receiving my miracle there.
0: Yeah. And I love it because that's such an incredible lesson. Whether you're talking spiritually in the terms of miracle or even just practically, And I talk about this a lot on the podcast. It's this expectation versus reality. And so whether your expectation, if you're coming from a place of faith, is for a miracle, or in a practical sense, your expectation is to have a a fun night with friends and it goes
1: south. Or even my expectation would be only six weeks of therapy and it ended up being 10.
0: Exactly. So having to deal with the gap between your expectation and reality in your faith, in a practical sense, in a physical sense, in a mental health sense, that gap is a very hard thing to deal with. And so you're saying right now, the way you dealt with it, really in the moment, it was hard to deal with. Everyone knows that. But afterwards, looking back, in hindsight, you're able to parse out the difference between, okay, I had expected this, it didn't go this way, but hey, where I ended up, this is a pretty good place I ended up. And no, I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't go out to well, the soccer field and, and twist my ankle that way again and, and go through it exactly like dare, that. Dare I say... You're happy that you went through it. Yeah. But it exactly. put me in
1: such... Like if that didn't happen to me, I, would have been in, I wouldn't have been in the situation I am today with a great job, a great relationship with friends and family, people that I can count on, knowing who's really there for me. I wouldn't have all those things that... I can consider my miracle or in my in a practical sense the things that life was able to teach me through a bad moment yeah so yeah
0: which is great and that's the perspective that people should have that i should have that you should have that Mm -hmm. those who are listening should have now when we keep talking about this incident i want to harp in on another detail that you mentioned Mm -hmm. you talked about how the prescription medication put your mind in a weird place. You weren't able to do the functions of normal life like you used to. So can we talk a little bit about that, where your mind went? You know, I said earlier in this episode, May was Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm a big advocate for talking about mental health. It's not talked about enough, especially among men, guys, especially amongst younger people, and so... If we can start this conversation now, I believe it's going to help us throughout all of our 20s because a lot of people I feel like, oh yeah, but I feel like just limiting to the 20s, I feel like when you finish your 20s, if you have not addressed mental health and everyone has some kind of thing they need to address, even if it's a small thing, it's a train wreck then for future in your life in 30s and 40s. So this is really the foundational aspect of getting your mind right. High school, middle school may be the starting point for some people, but for a lot of people, it's not. A lot of people, it's just middle school
1: and high school. They're not focused on that. Yeah,
0: you know, everything's going on. Mm -hmm. It's really after you graduate that you start thinking about that. So in your 20s, if you start being honest, open, transparent, I think it can really help you. So with that being said, can you talk a little bit more about where your mind went because of this incident, because of the medication that you were taking? And how did you find your way out of that? I, I'm
1: not going to name the medication. But it's something that if you fight it, you, you can, if you fight sleep, Mm. you are awake. But you're not awake. You're not you. Yeah. To be completely fair and honest, it's not you. It was not Addison. It was a very different version of me. I learned that. And I would just stay up. So I was not sleeping. I was probably sleeping a few hours a week, maybe 10 hours a week. And that was probably for three weeks straight in certain uh, times. So it got me in a dark place of in a physically dark place of it's 5 a.m. in my room and the sun's about to come up and I haven't slept and I have to now wake up and go to therapy or it got me in the dark place mentally of depression and Hmm. doubt. Doubt was a really big one for me. Doubt. Like D-O-U-B-T. Yeah. Yeah. So doubt was something. Am I going to be able to get through this? Am I strong enough? And I I give so much credit to my mom. My mom stayed so strong. She doesn't do blood, broken bones. She doesn't do that kind of stuff. (laughs) She'll she'll pass out. But she stayed so strong. She would sit with me. Because physical, like I'll reiterate it. Physical therapy is so difficult. There's times that you're in the chair and they're working on your foot and you're bawling of pain. It's, it's terrible. In the end, it's, it works out. But my mom would sit there holding my hand at three days. I don't want to cry, but three days a week, she would hold my hand for an hour. Just, this is like, this is true. She, she was there for me and she was not going to let me see a moment of
0: darkness.
1: Uh, Yeah. So I got through that with the help of getting slapped in the face with life. Definitely. I had to get around people like my older brother, like I said, like my dad admitting was something that I struggled with. I've always struggled with it, but admitting that I had a, I had a problem in my brain Hmm. that I was struggling with depression and being in a dark spot. I was struggling with anxiety of not knowing if i'm gonna not make it but if i'm ever going to be the same they would tell me oh you're never going to play soccer you're probably not going to run you're probably not going to be able to stand on a skateboard you're Mm -hmm. probably not going to be able to get on a paddleboard these are all things that are passions of mine that if i can do all day every day and get paid for it i would love it (laughs) so i i had to switch um my mindset and say I am an overcomer. I am a person that can get Mm. over a hard season with the tools that are given to me just as a man, as a young man. Because I wasn't even 20. I was 18 years old. So I was 19. Yeah, I, I definitely... It was definitely a process. I couldn't do much other than work on myself in a closed area. That's all I had was my room. But I definitely dove into... Certain uh, inspirational quotes and definitely reading my Bible a lot. I, by the way, I'm never, I've never ever been someone to like quote God and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I get after this incident, I it flipped. The it was a complete 180, and I give so much credit to God because he he got me through something that me in the flesh couldn't do by myself mm. without faith.
0: No, yeah. And I think that's such an awesome story because what you're saying is that in the midst of this mental battle that was brought on because of your physical battle, Mm -hmm. you were able to shift your focus about certain things in terms of your faith, your family. And the great thing, Addison, is that you did eventually admit that you were struggling in your mind and you got around people, the right people to help you through that. Not everyone has the kind of mom that you had to yeah. literally hold your hand through one of your darkest moments as you tried to battle the physical healing, the mental healing, the spiritual. It was like all at once. Everything. It was everything. And she stood there by you and that's incredible. But not everyone who has a great mom takes advantage of it. And mm-hmm. you did. Yeah. You allowed her to hold your hand and you allowed and accepted help and I think it made you so much better because of it. And as we kind of bring this thing in for a landing, just want to ask you as you reflect back on this moment happened when you were 18. And like I said at the beginning, there are things that happened to us young, sometimes way younger than 18 Mm -hmm. that impact us significantly in our 20s. So to kind of wrap it up full circle 20s podcast, you're 21, Mm -hmm. you're very early on in your 20s. But as you think about how your 20s are going to progress from here on out, how do you think this that that incident is going to prepare you? Because you have your whole 20s in front of you. Yeah. You're 21. You got, it. you got the whole roadway, Nine more years. the whole runway. So how do you think that that moment right before you turn 20 is going to prepare you moving forward from 21 to 30? I definitely think that
1: having... I don't recommend having a terrible accident (laughs) happening happen to you, but if something terrible does happen to you, cling to positive people. Mm. Don't put yourself around people that are just going to keep you down and all that sucks. No, keep, keep people around you that are going to pull you out of the mud. You can't be like, I've put myself with Michael My brother, my dad, me and my dad have gotten to a spot. You're going to, there's a transition that I think you've seen from dad to becoming a friend Mm -hmm. with your dad. And now I'm 21. I'm realizing like we, we hang out. We're not like, it's not really it's father, son, but it's like, I help him. I we're, we're working together. So putting myself around people at a young age definitely helped me even to this point of. I learned how to work hard, which is something that you definitely need. Uh, I learned how to deal with difficult situations, not by myself. By yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. Life has a way of doing things that it wants to put you in a corner. And the best thing you can do is call on your pack, your, Hmm. your people that are there for you to... Say, no, nope, this is not what's happening. We're going together and we're going to put you on our back and we're going to fight this fight together. I think lastly, I would say, is to push through. You're going to be, everybody has a hard time. Everybody has a hard time. I'll say it a third time. Everybody has a hard time. But if you are able to put your yourself aside and say, it's going to hurt, no matter what you're in a hard time it's gonna hurt you don't know what tomorrow is but it's gonna be better so you have to push through all your mental stuff you're gonna have a bad day you're gonna have a bad year and a half for me i did but i didn't take the advice of a senior saying oh it's gonna go fast or someone saying oh like be careful with this i didn't mm-hmm. i learned hard-headedly so take it from someone who's been through something fairly traumatic it gets better you're not alone there's people that want to help there's people who are there to comfort you or stand beside you or just be a, a shoulder to cry on there's people who love you don't give up push through that's what i gotta say
0: i love it thank you so much addison for sharing your story your struggle how you had a difficult moment right before your 20s and how it's going to propel you for the rest of your 20s, I appreciate it. And I believe you have been the youngest guest so far on the 20s podcast. So making history until I have a 20-year-old on the podcast. But thank you so much for being here, for sharing what you shared. I appreciate it. And I hope that someone out there listens to it, hears it, resonates with it, and is either challenged, encouraged, or simply comforted by what you said. So thank you again. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, Mikey. Thank you for listening to The Twenties Podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode or any other episode you have listened to, I'm going to go ahead and ask that you like, subscribe, and review. In fact, if you liked a certain episode so much, why don't you share it on social media and tell others about The Twenties Podcast. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at the 20s underscore podcast that's t-h-e-2-0-s underscore podcast or rather the 20s underscore podcast thank you again for listening and i hope that you continue to tune in to the 20s podcast